0: and
1: germs. Welcome to the Tim Hohen Show. See that little comedy thing I just did there? Listen, I've had a bit of a break, but uh, there's good reason. I'm trying to figure out how to rebrand or redirect the show, make it interesting for you, make it interesting for me. I just ran to the mic solo. And uh, so at the Christmas party, my staff Christmas party this year, I had a drunken conversation with another drunken firefighter, and we decided to be comedy pals we're going to be comedy pals we're going to challenge each other to do an open mic we're going to set a date we're going to do an open mic and i said hey why don't you come on my show be a co we'll get used to talking in front of a mic and uh, it'll help help me out so let me know how you guys uh feel about this but please welcome to the tim mohan show young jared i'm jared welcome oh thanks man. the dj freedom i like that i've been looking for a dj handle for years And uh, these guys came up with it in a matter of minutes, but uh, yeah. Yeah,
0: we'll see how it goes. Uh, Uh, Listen, have you looked at open comedy mics yet? I haven't really been looking at the schedule, no. I mean, I know there's places that do it, so I've just been kind of working up
1: the gall to... Well, we gotta set a date. That's the only way to do it. You know that, right? Yeah, Uh,
0: I know. I know. I'll have to look at the schedule. I'll have to actually set something up because there's—I know the one in West Ed does open mics, but I'm not sure how. Because I'm a
1: procrastinator, Jared. I don't do anything until the last minute, and there's a good reason for that. If you do wait till the last minute for everything, it only takes you a minute to do stuff. But uh, I look at comedy the same way. I'm not gonna start writing material until I actually have a date. So we gotta set it up. We're going to let you guys know what that date is and come out and support your boy Jared here at our first open mic giving it the old college right I mean, if Joe Rogan, these guys can do it, why can't
0: we? Hey, if Shane can be a stand-up, everybody can be a stand-up That's, as far as, then, as nice
1: events. 50 isn't too late to start. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think it's ever too late to start.
1: Alright, so we're going to go through uh, current events and uh, break them down for you and uh, I have no idea what young Jared's political leanings are, what its uh, philosophy in life is. Tell us a little bit about yourself, young Jared. You don't have to tell us anything about your political leanings, but, but other than being a young, strapping firefighter, what is it about you?
0: Uh, I don't know. I always played sports, and uh, I wouldn't be a firefighter if I didn't always try to be the class clown. I'm pretty sure that's a fact. So.
1: I mean firefighters
0: are guys that got C's in school, right? Oh yeah. C's we got, got degrees. Are guys that got D's in school. D's got diplomas and C's got degrees. That's yeah. something I always strove to succeed with. Uh I mean I grew up in a pretty successful family where everybody is far more uh I wouldn't say far more intelligent. Yeah, I'm a little bit of a black am in a family of engineers and nurse practitioners. I guess I kinda of fell a little bit short, but Yikes. I got a good career too. And uh I get to work out and sleep on shifts. So, yeah, I mean, other than that, grew up in the country with a bunch of hillbillies and rednecks. So, that oh. without getting into my political beliefs too quickly, that you pretty much sum it up for yeah. uh, The political divide is rural and urban more than anything. So, I'm sure you will
1: resonate with our audience here. All right, let's look at breaking news. This is just out. Uh, Rebel Media is, is breaking this. Uh, I'm going to just put this up on the screen. We'll go through this. Hear what young Jared has to say about it. You yeah, there's lots going out. check it out. All right, federal court rules, use of emergencies act is unconstitutional. I have concluded that the decision to issue the proclamation does not bear the hallmark of reasonableness, justification, transparency, and intelligibility, and was not justified in relation to the relevant factual and legal constraints that required to be taken into consideration, wrote justice. Richard Mosley, the counterterrorism law used by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's government to arrest leaders of the Freedom Convoy and search and seize property and persons involved in the anti-mandate demonstration, which arrived in Ottawa on January 28, 2022, was deemed unconstitutional by a judge. In his ruling, Federal Court Justice Richard Mosley wrote, in my view, there can only be one reasonable interpretation of EA sections three and 17, and paragraph 2C of the CSIS Act, and the applicants have established that the legal constraints on the discretion of the GIC to declare a public order of emergency were not satisfied. So, section uh, 2B of the charter uh, was infringed, and section 8 of the charter was infringed, according to this judge. The news of the ruling was posted to X, formerly on Twitter, by Christine Van Gain. Litigation director at the Canadian Constitution Foundation, one of several organizations which challenged the Trudeau government's use of the never before use law against peaceful demonstrations. So there you go. Uh, Justin Trudeau in federal court and the government was ruled un- unconstitutional. What do you feel about that? Are you? Uh,
0: I mean, I think you are going to use the situation as far as. There's a lot of other situations, like current ongoings and rioting and protesting, that I think you also have to use the same act. If you're going to use it for you've got to use it for everybody. And just because it's one group versus another group doesn't mean that it's
1: not. Are you saying that haunting doesn't rise to the level of an emergency?
0: Yeah, no, I struggle to believe that haunting was uh, really worth
1: What But it disturbs sleep. It, 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 That's true.
0: That's true. I mean, I do enjoy sleeping at the opportunity. It's a uh, yeah. No, I don't agree with the emergencies act of this situation. I mean, there's very few first world democratic country that I think you should be able to take away right Maybe, um, just for something.
1: Well, it was originally called the War Measures Act, right? And and the intent behind it was to uh, be able to infringe on your your normal rights in wartime. Uh, You might be able to make an argument for that. I mean, as a libertarian, I would argue even against that. Uh, You know, if if you're fighting a war, it's to protect individual rights. And yet you go and infringe on individual rights. It seems like why are you fighting the war? Are you inside the enemy or not? But uh, this certainly is a good precedent. Um, It'll, you know, may mean that governments in the future will have to think twice about bringing down that hammer and taking away freedom. I mean, they, they um, seized bank accounts. They, you know, they did all sorts of nasty things to Canadian people. Uh, and, you know, that, that's been kind of the, that's kind of been the theme of government. Well, it's, it's been the theme of government since the dawn agreement it was to ju- use emergencies to justify infringing on liberties, but it certainly has ramped up a great deal over the last three or four years, with, uh, the pandemic and whatnot.
0: Well, I mean, I see that mm-hmm. emergencies act kind of is like a like a lockdown. Like at the mall, there's a shooting at the mall, and they go a the lockdown. You're right. As a voting citizen, is to walk around freely and shop if you wish. And then, if there is something that's endangering okay, your safety, your public safety, those rights are taken away to maintain overall peace and order. And that's how I see that emergencies act as a much larger scale. Huh? And I think it's young Jared,
1: pushing back. Thank you. I didn't, I didn't to disagree. Okay. I just think, you know, it's a trial, for a right?
0: There's you you can just take, not necessarily peaceful protest, but overall peaceful protest that, and justify that, to completely complete, you're taking away what is freedom sense of it. Right. Uh, here,
1: here's uh, here's a little back to your back. Uh, mall is our property. And so you know they can impose whatever rules they want. Um, Canada is not anyone's property, it's certainly not the government's property. They didn't think to earn that, right? I mean, planting a flag and saying, hey, from sea to sea, this is ours. Well, what makes it yours? That's not how you get to own property. So they uh, don't know right now. Uh, and this was the federal government, right? This protest was taking place in a city and they invoked an, a national act deal with what was happening in the city wouldn't it have been better for ottawa to deal with it internally certainly you know it, it would have been an easier case to make for ottawa to use some emergency bylaw to, to deal with protesters but in reality what they should have done is what they should do to deal with this kind of thing is just privatize the city and keep uh keep riffraff off the streets if that's what how you want to do it but they, they don't do that okay let's keep moving on here <laughs> let's keep rolling all right Oh, oh this is something interesting that uh came up recently they're trying to introduce a universal basic income candidate do you know that guys um let me share this with you how do i share this oh present no there we go share screen All right so this is what they're proposing this is bill bills s 233 and c 223 uh, which is the next step for an unconditional basic income so what they're doing with this um, bill is actually setting up framework they're not actually implementing a ubi here but they're setting up a framework to make it possible to bring in a ubi whereas every person should have access to a livable basic income the minister must develop a national framework for the implementation of a guaranteed livable basic income program throughout Canada. On December 16th, 2021, Senator Kim Pate and Member of Parliament, Leah Gazan, introduced Bill bills S-233 and C-223, which, if passed, established the first national framework for an unconditional guaranteed livable basic income for all persons over 17 across Canada. Uh, Both bills include the same title and text and mark the first ever coordinated effort from within the House of Commons and the Senate for basic income. They're coordinating, they're conspiring, putting on a foil hat, Uh, use the tools below to sign and share the petition. Okay, so this is a a UBI website here bragging and promoting this, trying to push this uh, UBI idea forward. Uh, Young Jared, what are your thoughts on that? Universal basic income.
0: Well, you know, uh, many people uh, tried uh, communism. communism. I mean, as far well, as as, I, as far as I'm convinced, universal basic income is like the building blocks of a communist society, and that that's that's never knowledge no kind of worked Everybody's ever tried it has had limited to no issues. Yeah, that yeah, is seems obvious. in the Well, look, the
1: the I mean yes the the justifications for communism are all look everyone has the right to a livable wage and uh all all the food shelter and clothing the basic necessities of life how could you possibly argue against this
0: uh i mean obviously there's people who are worse off than in this country than others and there's in different places there's less work and less opportunity to provide I can see some arguments there that some people need assistance. I mean, they call a great uh, job. It hasn't been great. Maybe people do you want to look at that? Uh, like you, you've been doing that with CERB and COVID. Oh, yeah.
1: And actually, let me pull up the uh, next article here um, that talks about that very thing. Yeah. And, yeah.
0: If people need help, we're going to help them out. But I just see this. You're taking a lot of tax on it. For people who are, who are a lot, I shouldn't say a lot, I mean, some of the people who are going to be collecting universal basic income will be just choosing to, right? Like, you know, there's ways around employment you know, ways to collect if you
1: want. I know, I well, this, this would be, what I understand, it would be, I think, $1,200 by week to every Canadian, not just people who need it, like you and I, you know, people who are making a decent living, would also get it. And um, that way everyone has, uh, you know, at least the basic level of support and the promoters of it will say, uh, look, there, there are people trapped on margins who can't, you know, for example, they, they have no incentive to get off welfare because if they get off welfare, if they get a job, that makes say half of what they're making on welfare while well, their welfare entitlements are threatened. They can't, they might be kicked off of the age. Yeah, why would you go to work? So, why would you go
0: to work? So so go to work?
1: And so, a, a, a universal basic income is there regardless of whether you choose to go to work or not. So, um, that, that's the rationale these people make. Um, economist Milton Friedman, who's known as a big capitalist free market booster, actually supported something like a UBI back in the day he it was a negative income tax but what his what he did if i recall is if you if you're made under a certain level so let's say it's twenty thousand dollars a year um you would be topped up to twenty thousand dollars so if you made two thousand dollars you get eighteen thousand if you made ten thousand dollars you'd get ten thousand but everyone would be guaranteed twenty thousand dollars a year if and and so um his plan was to use this to replace all the other welfare programs so get rid of all the other welfare programs um and just make it a simplified straight up cash there's no requirements to receive it just and and there's no disincentive uh, disincentives to work either right it's not like um you know that money is always there if you make under a certain amount so um that was his rationale but i think he, he came to regret his promotion of this idea when he realized that, oh, the people that were supporting it in Congress didn't want to eliminate these other welfare programs. They wanted this in addition to all the other welfare programs. So I think he stopped uh, promoting it after that. But look at this, they, they brought it, um, oops, let's see, hold on, wait a sec, here we go. So this, is, this was back in October, this is the Toronto Star, very left-leaning, uh, Program talking about considering Canada's considering a, a guaranteed universal basic income program. Here's what that means Canada's taking baby steps towards a basic income program meant to broadly address poverty. Um, the push for a basic income program gaining more momentum during and after the COVID 19 pandemic as the current Canadian emergency response benefit served, which paid out $2,000 to millions of Canadians, raised the possibility of a permanent income program. What did your boys say, people? What did I say? Baby steps. What did I say about, sir? It was gonna pave the way to new what? The universal basic income. And we see it. You know, this is, um it, it's not even a slippery slope. It's a planned, coordinated effort to build and continue until we get, well, as young Jared said, flat out <laughs> communism. I mean, what, what's the next step after UBI? It seems like, uh, a very small leap from that to, to yeah. communism. Why? You... Well, look, I, I'm thinking I might have, um, might invite a, an economist on to talk about UBI and uh, some of the concerns with it. There are some libertarians who see it as a step in the right direction away from wealth, big government welfare programs. I'm not one of those because any support you give to UBI, which is a leftist program, is going to be an addition. To all those welfare programs. Yes, we could eliminate universal health care. If we could eliminate if we could eliminate all these other welfare programs, um, then maybe a UPI would be a step in the right direction. It'd be less government spending, it'd be less administration. We could remove all the bureaucracies. It would be simply a cut, a check cut. That doesn't seem like it would require a huge bureaucracy to run like all these other welfare programs. So that might be a step in the right direction, but that is never going to happen. That is never what these people will never will never agree to that. And so it's always going to be in addition to. Now, where are we going to get this money from? Of course, it's going to come from the taxpayers, or Check it's going to come taxes. from people who use dollars. Right? I mean, they'll print the money up uh, if they have to, and that is the same as taxing. It's just robbing our buying power, and so we could expect the price of everything to go up. Certainly, if um, if you're renting, uh, if you're a slumlord, let's say, and you're renting a low rent apartment to a couple that is now getting an additional $2,400 a month each, um, wouldn't that incentivize you to maybe raise the rent a little bit? They can certainly afford a, a higher rent now.
0: that I mean,
1: why, why wouldn't every, the price of everything go up? That uh, seems like basic economics to me.
0: I mean, well, maybe we start. You can put in the fine print like a coupon you know you can't stack coupons can't stack welfare programs you know you got one coupon for 25 percent off and then you can't you know, have
1: you know what would really tighten things up and make sure this ran efficiently is uh central bank digital currency mm. then the government can completely control <laughs> and make sure everything's on the up and up right and, yeah uh,
0: just gotta jump right yeah, to what, that
1: oh boy okay that's another that's another topic all right, on the topic of uh, living wages, I wanted to go. I, I posted uh, a comment and rustled a lot of jimmies on Facebook, and I just wanted to, to see what young Jared had to say about uh, about uh, this. We're, we're going to take a, a, a stop from the news for a second Current events. We're going to talk about current events in my life, people, my life. But I think it goes to this issue that we were just talking about. Uh, let's see here. How do I, yeah.
0: Hey, savage Paramedics.
1: Savage Paramedics. Okay. So this is what they posted. This is someone I follow on Facebook, a, a Facebook page. They, they have a lot of funny U.S. memes and different things on here. Um, but here's what they, they posted this, which is weird. It doesn't seem very savage at all to me. If you want a living wage, get a better job it is a fascinating way to spin. I acknowledge that your current job needs to be done. But I think whomever does that job deserves to be in poverty. What do
0: you think about that, Jared? Uh Personally, I mean, I don't, I don't really believe that you can just assume something like that. I mean, if you're complaining about your job and you're so your your job not sufficient up, to sustain your lifestyle, well, then that does seem like maybe you should be taking steps to eliminate the lack of funds and right? get a second job. Like, if I want an armful of tattoos and I don't have the money, I'm not going to complain that I'm not making enough money. I'm going to go make some more. your
1: employer pay you enough to get an armful of tattoos? Yeah. That's part of a living wage. Oh, is a yeah, for sure. That's way.
0: exactly what I was looking for when I got <laughs> into the workforce. I want somebody who's going to give me everything I want at my back and call. All right, Jerry. Well, I'm glad you're on the right side of this issue. Here's what I posted. Um, I
1: said, I deserve a living wage. Is a fascinating way to spend. It's everyone else's obligation to support me. Now I got uh, <laughs> <valid> 280 <laughs> likes on that, but I got a shitload of uh, of uh, hate on that as well.
0: <laughs> the
1: hate, <laughs> the hate's where the clicks are. Yeah, that's where all the clicks are. Um, let I haven't even read these. Let's let's read some of these. Tim Mullen, and this is just a fascinating way to say: my parents gave me everything, and I've never had to work. I won't take work ethic advice from a man who owns more hair care products than his woman holy shit he thinks i uh i have good hair hair. and that's that's actually a good
0: comment how dare you
1: hey bud eric so you know i'm losing my hair it's thinning out (laughs) and uh uh, i might have more no i have like gel. that's it and i and shampoo i mean is that that
0: hey, there's nothing that? wrong with taking care of your hair. I personally use Moroccan. I should be
1: using more hair care products. Yeah, there's nothing not right wrong there. with
0: good hygiene, I'm telling you. Oh, someone
1: I mean. said amen. Okay, thanks, Shelly. Um, <laughs> they got some brownie face. Ashley Daly says, Tim will tell us you want slave backs and slaves back in less words. Uh, <laughs> Kelly Rollins says, fascinating that you'd rather your tax money go to supporting them so CEOs can make bank instead of the company using the more than enough profit." Profits to pay the minimum living wage. What did I say about where I say tax money? I don't know if you know. Inflation is happening without minimum wage going up, and minimum wage, the minimum. Yeah, okay, There's a lot of economic illiterates in here.
0: Let's see. Uh, I will say I was actually in a recent shock and awe at the lack of money that some part-time jobs are making, and that people are okay making that kind of money. I mean at part-time jobs just in Sherwood park you're looking at like 17 dollars an hour and personally like when I was in high school I obviously had access given my location but I went straight into got h2s and went straight into the low patch because I'm not gonna get out of money or get out of bed for like 30 bucks to go to work when that's not even well now it's not even gonna get you lunch right, right. like I just think it's it's a uh, it's insane that minimum wage is as high as it is and people are still accepting the the wages that they are accepting and it's not wanting to take any initiative to make more
1: yeah uh, that is weird i mean well but they're they're bitching about um employers not paying enough all right uh, people here's what i'll say to you i will agree to you that um employers that don't pay a living wage are bad okay they're they're bad they're not nearly as good as employers that pay a living wage but then you also have to agree that by that same logic people who don't employ anyone at all are even worse than employers that pay less than a living wage if you don't employ anyone at all you're definitely worse than that by logic and the worst people of all even worse than that are people who don't even employ anyone but bitch about People that do employ other people, they're the worst. So listen, stop being horrible people. Hire a Start a business and hire a burger flipper, six fucking figures to flip burgers for you, or shut the fuck up. How about that?
0: Hire an editor. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. What's next on the agenda here? Got some good ones.
1: Oh, okay. Here's an interesting one. Most Canadians who plan to vote Liberal, doing so to stop Conservatives from winning, the poll. Most Canadians who plan on voting for the Liberal Party are more motivated to stop the Conservatives from winning the election rather than endorsing the party's vision and leader, according to a new poll released Monday. Meanwhile, the opposite is true for most Conservative supporters. The nonprofit Angus Reid Institute conducted an online survey from January 16th uh, and 17th. Um while there certainly is a significant amount of distaste for Trudeau among the Canadian public that does not appear to be the strongest motivating factor for those who intend to vote for the Conservative Party really instead 3 in 5 Canadians uh 3 in 5 conservative supporters said that they are more likely to vote because they back Conservative leader Pierre Poilievre and the party's vision rather than wanting to prevent another term of government led by Justin Trudeau these voters make up a of the electorate overall that's that actually is uh weird to me that is unusual so so they it's not that they hate crudo it's that they love polyver i think
0: that's and that's what democracy i mean in my opinion if you're voting for a party just to get somebody else out of power that's kind of not the whole point you should be voting you should be presented with enough options that you're voting for somebody who you think can better the country I don't think we should be voting to get people out of well, the seats of power listen you're preaching the choir there I, I when I ran in
1: 2015 I ran in this uh, district in Calgary and the, it was a big conservative riding but they hated their conservative candidate they saw him as a red Tory basically a liberal And um, so I got all these hardcore conservatives supporting me. They loved loved me. They hated their conservative guy. But in the end, they all flipped on me and called me at the last minute. I mean, they had the integrity to let me know that they were flipping and and voting conservative because they couldn't risk Justin Trudeau getting in. So they voted, rather than voting for their values, they voted against their worst fear coming true. And I find that's true in our system more than the other one. Um, you know, it, in first past the post, you're, you generally are voting against your worst fear. So it doesn't surprise me that liberals uh, who are voting are, are doing so not because they love Trudeau, but because they can't stand the conservatives. There's nothing that scares them more than a conservative. Uh, but it does surprise me that conservatives, the majority of conservatives, are voting Trudeau rather than voting pure polyvarian, because that has never been my experience Conservatives—it's all there. In fact, conservatism is defined by being against the left. There's nothing. I mean, conservatism isn't a coherent ideology or or vision. it's just simply has always been anti-left. Whatever they're against, or whatever they're for, we're against. Thing. So it's kind of weird. But I mean, I I think me and certainly are looking for a break from inflation, and maybe yes, his vision of less inflation is. Is appealing. It certainly is more appealing than Trudeau.
0: Um, if we remove the public opinion and don't give anybody a, a choice who they vote for, and just bring back, you know, communism regime, then I, this isn't a problem. It's there's no downside. I'm Jared. I'm Jared.
1: Listen, I'll, I'll <laughs> agree with you. There's some real issues with <laughs> democracy. Uh, back here on this bookshelf somewhere is a, a book called Democracy: The God That Failed. Yeah, right here democracy the god that failed young jared i want you to read that
0: <laughs> For homework. <laughs> take the power out of the hands of the people all right give it to the big guy
1: okay what's next here let's see oh let's go down south talk about what's happening down south here we go All right. In Eagle Pass, a tense border standoff between Texas and federal government is reaching a crescendo. So it sounds like they have a huge problem with uh, immigration in
0: Texas. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, Personally, I don't know where to stand on their immigration policies and their immigration laws. I mean... I've never been there to experience it. I don't really have an opinion either way. I think immigrants should be coming in legally and supporting the country just like all the citizens already are. I think that's true. Whether When it comes to a humanitarian issue and refugees, I'd rather stay out of that, I suppose. But I personally like this article because uh, it shows that Texas is just, they've had enough of kind of being told what to do and that the government pushed them around and they finally took a stand. And I don't think anybody's Done that last time. That happened was probably in a literal civil civil war, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think what's happening in Texas right now is um, Texas put up a bunch of barbed wire, and um, the Biden administration just took them to court over that, and the the Supreme Court ruled in that Biden's favor uh, that. Border agents could take down the barbed wire despite what Texas wants. So, um, yeah, I, I, I see this as th- this is heating up, right? I, I think we're about to see more uh, more stunts from Abbott. I mean, if you remember, I think it was, was Texas and Florida maybe too that uh, were busing a lot of these migrants to sanctuary cities like New York, right? Yes, yeah, so and San uh, Francisco. New York. Um, which fair, fair play. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a real issue, uh, down south there and it'll be interesting to see. I mean, there, there was just a bill introduced into Texas to secede. I don't know how far it got, but, uh, I suspect we're going to see more and more bills like that. Certainly the federal government doesn't seem to be, uh, helping Texas out at all in terms of, uh, protecting their border. I mean, you think the one thing that the federal government is supposed to do is is protect its the states within its union from um, invasion, right? And yeah. what we see is like kind of a steady stream of migrants coming up now.
0: Yeah. The There's uh, obviously extremist views that there is already an invasion. And I mean, when you look at the videos of people flooding across the border, I mean, obviously it's a video and you can't say that from the other side of a computer screen but it's just interesting that they feel so strongly about it that they're going to stand up to the federal government when they know the power the federal government has there has to be some merit to it and i know there's other states who back texas and when they first kick them out like they kicked the federal off of the off of that border crossing eagle pa- eagle park or Eagle pass or whatever it is uh yeah so i think just be just based on like merit alone texas has always been kind of a separatist state i think well their history is them being their own Republic of Texas and fighting yeah. the union and all that, right? So I think anybody was going to do it, <clears throat> it was going to be Texas. And then when other states jump on board, that kind of legitimizes it for me a little bit. And it just shows that it's not necessarily an extremist separatist view. It's the general, like the right wing uh, point of view as a whole, I guess, like Virginia was in on that. I mean, obviously now we're talking about a lot of confederate states too but i mean the issues at hand now are but but the whole issue of
1: immigration is um is being it it's become an issue in the media let's say over the past month or two pretty much everywhere like in canada um the bank of canada and the government i think are blaming immigrants for the price of price of housing right you're saying and um the of course um the Bank of Canada would shift lane, uh, you know, given that <laughs> the Bank of Canada is the primary driver of the, the housing crisis and the, the cost of housing. Uh, but uh, there's, there's some legitimate concern there about, hey, if the whole third world comes to North America because they're in crisis, um, can we support it? Given that government especially is providing all the infrastructure and by government, I mean all the taxpayers we're paying for all the benefits and their housing and their assimilation and their shelter and food and everything else. Um, How, how, like, how much can we support? And um, that's a legitimate question. I, as a libertarian, always have an issue asking the government to do more, you know, Um, that my immigration problem, I see it as something that was caused by the government and asking the government to fix it. Um, seems like a recipe for asking for more problems. The government does not have your and my best interests at heart. So imagine that they are capable of doing the right thing. I think is a little bit delusional.
0: But well, you can tie you can tie that in a little bit too because I don't have a problem at all with immigration until it's causing the downfall of our monetary structure because we don't have we have too many mouths to feed and not enough people feeding on it. So if there's all these unemployed people collecting their universal income, and that's all coming from taxpayers, then that's a problem. Right. But isn't the problem the fact that we're being forced to associate
1: with them? They're they're forcing us into association, right? So uh, there's a person, imagine there's a group of people moving from the United, or or crossing the border over at Roxham Road there in Quebec, and we're getting upset about it over here like 2,000 miles away. Why are we getting upset about people moving from point A to point B? across the border, they're moving 40 miles north. If they were moving 40 miles west or 40 miles south, we wouldn't give a shit, but they're moving 40 miles north. Now, Why is it that that movement from there to there rather than there to here is bothering us? And It's bothering us because we're gonna have to pay for that. Mm -hmm. And whose fault is that? It's the goddamn government's fault, right? They're forcing us into association with these people. I would like to see maybe uh, a decentralization a little bit of immigration. Um, Alberta should maybe handle its own issues and, you know, not have to and we shouldn't have to pay. Like, you know, just cut off the tax. Um, If we got rid of the income tax, if we got rid of a lot of these forced associations, uh, immigration would be so much of a problem. And I suspect we'd see a lot less third world immigrants. We'd see a lot more welfare migration, right? And it would be more migration on how my ancestors came here. They came here escaping an oppressive communist regime in the Soviet Union, and they didn't come here expecting a handout. There were no handouts to be had. They just saw a land of opportunity. No one was going to stop them from getting what they could work for, right? And so that's right. They lived in a grain granary and they they planted crops in the ditches because they couldn't afford land. And then eventually they could afford land, and you know they built a prosperous family structure here in Canada, but you know, had there been steady stream of handouts, would we have gotten the same type of people to Canada? Or would that have changed the nature of the people that came here? Like, would my grandparents have worked so hard if they were given handouts constantly? Well, you know, these, yeah, these are good questions. In nature, to not. Of course, of course. We all want a universal basic income, right? I have to
0: go to work and my salary and you gonna take that salary.
1: Everybody wants to get paid a universal income, but nobody wants to pay a universal income, and that's the problem. Uh, All right. All right, let's go to the next one here. We've got DeSantis. Dropping out. Ron DeSantis suspends U.S. presidential campaign, endorses fellow Republican rival, Trump.
0: This is a It's coming full, full
1: circle. It's coming full circle. What do you mean by that?
0: Well, he was in, and everybody kicked him out. And um, kind of the options are between Trump and Sleepy Joe it's, he's at this point And you're in between a rock and a hard place. But,
1: why do you think DeSantis failed so miserably? Why, why did his campaign? I mean, he seemed like he was uh, on. I mean, he was he was a star governor in Florida, right? Everyone wanted to move to Florida. Um he was pushing back against the COVID regime part. I mean, he didn't he didn't hire Anthony Felci, he didn't fund Operation Warp Speed. And yet you'd he, think on paper he, he would be the man.
0: Yeah, you think I think honestly, I think this comes down to well, I disagree a, a lot, and believe it or not, I disagree a lot more with the state's political structure than with ours. Uh based on, based on it's literally just a popularity contest, and I think right. that's what comes down to the Santos polls poorly in Florida. It's yes, not pulling poorly. It's Trump, and Trump right. is pulling po- incredible right now. And I'm worried that a lot of that is due to exposure, and headlines, right? Like this guy's all over the news all the time, and every right wing is being was on the verge of extreme is now for sure because of the current events given the Biden administration. And but what does
1: the appeal in Trump? I think is it just exposure? I mean, it sounds like he, I, like his rhetoric, is amazing, right? He, he's entertainment value, sticking it to the leftists, being a bully to the leftists. I mean, he hits all the right emotional notes and tugs at the old the heartstrings and, and the vengeance, I guess. But his policies seem like shit, right? I mean, he banned bump stocks. He he supported. Fauci? Like, why would he keep Fauci in his administration and give him a fucking medal? Why do you fund Operation Warp Speed? Why did he bring in... Like, he brings the worst establishment swampy swamp creatures like John Bolton into his administration. And uh, But I guess Americans just don't give a shit about policy. They care more about the words.
0: I would say I would argue that, yeah, I mean, it sounds bad, but a lot of Americans aren't even looking into policy.
1: Yeah. I mean... (sighs) Vivek Ramaswamy thought had the best policies out of the Republicans. He was going to. He had a clear plan and had all the legal justifications mapped out on how he was going to downsize the federal government by seventy-five percent. He was going to like eliminate all these jobs, all these bureaucracies. Um, He said he was going to make having Malay look like a moderate, and having Malay is like, I mean, he's basically an anarchist like me. Um, and he, he had a clear plan to do it, uh, but he didn't do so hot in the polls. Like Americans, it seemed like don't want a clear path to small government. They just want to stick it to the left or something
0: like that. Well, like we talked about this a the you know, issue. Like I am pro democracy. Don't get me wrong. But for now, honestly, for now, there is significant problems. And like we talked about earlier. fact that people are voting one way to stop their opposition rather than voting one way to promote their ideals is a big problem and I think there's a lot of them to say if not more.
1: That's
0: what it I strongly believe that that's partially how women got into Christmas because there's so many lefties who were so
1: Yeah, I mean the left grew under Donald Trump, right? It got stronger, it got more powerful, they got more radicalized. They became, they were more leftists created um, under Trump for the same reason that there's more right wing, like extremists on both sides are growing in number because um, politics is a zero sum game and people are against each other rather than for some kind of value to vote for. That could be in part, you know that the uh, system of first class the post where you have to get 50% or more in uh, democracies where there is proportional representation, where your vote actually counts for something where, look, if you're a candidate, if, if your party only gets 8%, well, you get 8% of the seats rather than right now in Canada, if your party gets 8%, you don't get jack squat, right? And so if, if you're actually getting your voice being represented in parliament, now those kind of democracies are actually vote in favor of their values rather than against their worst nightmare which is exactly what's happening uh, in the West here so maybe that has to do with it one on, you know on the plus side I will say Vivek Ramaswamy is now supporting Trump and what did he say he, he was talking to Trump at length about uh, oh he was talking to him about central bank digital currency now Trump hasn't said word one about this issue CBDC's right? And then the next day he comes out in a speech talking about how these CBDCs, If you heard about these? I've just heard about them. And Vivek like <laughs> <laughs> <And laughs> Swami had literally just talked to him the day before about that in the back room. So I hope that, I mean, that's the problem. Trump is good with words, good at getting popularity, but he needs to surround himself with the right people. And I think if he surrounds himself with the right people, if guys like Vivek, and some of these anti-state guys, uh, he could actually be a decent president, but he fucking keeps drowning himself at the worst of the worst.
0: He treats himself in for sure. Yeah. He's all talk. like I shouldn't say he's all talk, but all his popularity comes from basically just his rants and him being the most because of his presidency, that's for
1: sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's see what we got next here. Oh, final batch of Jeffrey Epstein documents publicly released listing big names, uh, sex dropping victim, Virginia, Joffrey, or Goofy, uh, um, Virginia, Virginia, Jeffrey, Jeffrey. Jeffrey says Epstein paid her $15,000 to have sex with Britain's Prince Andrew. Wow.
0: I mean, I'd dig it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have
1: sex with him for 15 grand. <laughs> 15 grand, 15 grand. Yeah. <laughs> um. What, what do we want to say about this list? Is, is there anything, any huge revelations coming out there? We all knew Prince Andrew was a creep. The biggest surprise was probably Stephen Hawking. Hawking, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, way
0: to go, <laughs> <much. laughs> Hey, to right, I, I suppose. How the hell did that happen? I don't what know. What I'm, from what? Hello, uh, uh, yeah. get your sweet <laughs> ass over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, what i heard a lot of like this wasn't necessarily like uh like oh. full on sexual assault or harassment or like a lot of it was but it wasn't like stereotypical like i heard one story i forget who it was it might have been Hawking, where there was somebody else where they would like they had like little people or midgets and he was just he would just sit there and make them do math I need get right. him, like I heard like, that too. Stephen Hawking <laughs> yeah. his, like midgets doing that. I mean just sit there and just like naked math get horny and on yeah. midgets doing math. And I mean, like yeah, that's I, I mean again, fifteen grand is fifteen grand. if you want to watch me fail like, at calculus right. for fifteen K, like I'll pick you up on it. I mean, the whole island as a whole, obviously it's gained a lot of popularity since the trials and the epstein netflix series a lot
1: of people going there for holidays yeah, yeah it's you know, a
0: crazy destination i mean there's so many leaked lists too like
1: <laughs> my buddy jeff berwick and uh, luke radowski actually snuck onto the island they got video of uh filming the island until security chased them was uh, hawking but, there <laughs> no it was this was way past you know the island's basically a ghost town now, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it it strikes me as a uh, you know, I mean, the guy may was a multimillionaire. How obviously off extorting people, well, oh, I heard dirt on them, right?
0: He was intelligence is one of the yeah conspiracies, that's why he never made it to trial. Why would you let somebody go to trial and you know that got that much dirt on you? it? Says a lot about uh, about intelligence agencies didn't it? Like, well what's the, the intelligence uh, award for journalists and it's just like if you're enough journalists the CIA will assassinate you and that's just how you, know you made it yeah, I guess so eh? I guess that's why no journalists are getting assassinated
1: anymore. there's no good <laughs> ones out there no big deal on the legwork alright moving on to something a little lighter than uh, pedophile <laughs> islands and sex trafficking. Uh, Ryan Gosling, while deserving, got an Oscar nomination for Barbie, while Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie didn't. Completely <laughs> really proving the point of the movie in twenty four. You cannot make this up. What are your um, thoughts on that? Did you see Barbie? I did watch Barbie.
0: watched Barbie on Christmas Day at work.
1: No way. And, and what was the what was the takeaway? I
0: mean, the movie was, I mean, everybody's props. I personally didn't care for the movie. It wasn't anything to do with ideals or anything of that. It's just like I didn't agree with that production value. It seemed like yeah, it was plastic and made from nothing. Like a bar is as good as they got your shoe I just love the movie. But a lot, like, I saw that Ryan Rosen's song, I'm just Ken. Right. I thought it was all sad and parody. And now he's making the grand for it. And I think that is like a little bit of like a Against Kevin, at this point, it's like I'm this, and I mean, yeah, it's it pretty funny. I mean, the movie itself is not great, really but the in front of the parents that it's a feminist movie
1: that. That the women got nominations for. Well, maybe let's look at the the alternative. It could just be that there were so many great female actresses mm-hmm. this year. There's just a huge plus plus of them and there was just wasn't very many male roles out there that cost awesome him. He was you nuts know, mm-hmm. right. Um I don't know. I you know I watched the movie too and I didn't really get it. I didn't yeah, I thought it was kind of dumb. Um yeah. I yeah, was maybe. having
0: trouble following it a little bit honestly. I didn't really know what was going on. Yeah. I
1: mean,
0: I think they we were trying to get at like a comedy angle but it just wasn't that funny.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. And there wasn't a lot of craving the last year in general,
1: so I find it hard to paint that. It was okay. All
0: right,
1: well, I am outraged that uh, that the women in barbie didn't get it. That's <laughs> uh, there's something extremely funny about that, though. Oh, look at this we have uh transformed golfer wins women's classic in florida and you've seen his chances to move on to the lpga qualifier look at that back swing yeah i mean
0: this chick's a beast
1: yeah is is golf one of those sports where i mean it seems like i don't know i haven't done much golfing but why can't men and women compete in the same
0: i mean i would agree i would argue that it's the same as every other sport when there is physiological differences i mean i started golfing two years ago i'm not good at it i don't claim to be good at it uh but i've golfed with girls who are significantly better than me at golf like technique wise they shoot lower but if you put us on the same tee like, I'm out driving most girls by probably close to 100 yards. Oh, yeah, you're, you're a beast. If, you know? Like, there's just simple physiological differences that would give them advantages. And I would probably say most of the short games. Well, maybe you larger. should try out for the LPGA, too. Yeah, who knows?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: who knows? Maybe, maybe I make it.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: I don't know. Why do we have women's sports, anyways? Right? I mean, actually, the uh, women's the P-W-H-L or T H L or whatever it is, W P H L the I can't remember the acronym, but like the uh, women's professional hockey league. And it's actually like I was watching it and I I watched it to support it and just like so they could get their numbers and I started watching it and there's some talent there. Like there's some actual players who are like putting up crazy numbers. They're hitting, they're like getting in each other's faces. It's actually entertaining to watch. So that was refreshing. I was kind of be a little bit of a bust, like that was NBA to me. But, right, but they're actually they've got some superstar talent. They're promoting their talent well, and I'm excited to see how that league does going forward. Yeah,
1: there's I I for some reason I I do enjoy watching women's hockey as well, like at a high level. Um, and I, I think part of it is to do with um the guy guys are so fast and there's so much there's not much space between them. Um, yeah, they don't much have much so they're they're, they're they're always like checking and but with it's it seems like a much more skill game, like there's a lot of passing, a lot of puck movement. They're a little bit slower, so there seems like there's more room on the ice. It would be like increasing the size of like an NHL rink for the guys, when it's like 25 30 percent.
0: Well, that's what the Olympics are so popular when the NHL guys are going, you're right. just increasing the size of the surface. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's the increased size, it just yeah. Well, like the guys like. Guys like Clark McDavid who are fast sp- and tight are very few and far between. But there's right. lots of guys who so if you give them six feet, yeah. they're going to make you look silly. And if you give them everybody that six feet, you're creating a lot more opportunity for big plays. That's fair, yeah. I mean, like my sisters played hockey growing up, and we'd go to their camps, and they every, every camp would put on the same presentation. And it was always just like, women's hockey is more skilled than men's hockey because we're not allowed to hit. And I always thought it was just such trash. But then you send, like, uh, who was it, a coin, you send her to the yeah. NHL All-Star Game and she wins, the, she wins the accuracy contest, right? So there is some merit to it there. have to be a little bit more skilled because they can't just use their, they're not just a bunch yeah. of young men out there pulling each other, so, yeah. I mean, like I said, finesse patience is definitely a female attribute that most men don't get. Okay. So I
1: guess women's sport is valid. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Not very good. and I'm so we should probably get guys see. out of it, right? Um uh, I think it's funny that their whole movement's falling apart because there's letting guys in. I mean, should have seen that coming from a mile away. Yeah.
1: All right, let's take a look at this. This this was in Canada. Uh,
0: let's...
1: Oh, there you go. <laughs> Look at the comments on that. <laughs> Seems like you, the UFC uh, fans are not Trudeau fans. This warms my heart. This warms my heart. Yeah. Yeah, another
0: comment in the on
1: <laughs> Amazing atmosphere, right? So good. Trying to bring up the LT. Oh yeah,
0: John's even made an appearance. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what chanting. I mean, fuck Trudeau. What do you think I'm those polarizing. people are voting
1: conservative because they love PP or because they hate Trudeau?
0: Oh, easy answer. Yeah, yeah. obviously. I, mean, I don't know who Angus Reid is polling, but it's not those people apparently. I mean, if you just looked at the overall demographic, I would say most of these people are not intoxicated at that event and are definitely not engaging in a hive mentality. Right. All right. One last thing here that I just wanted
1: to share with you. See what your thoughts were on this. Let's see. Where is it now? No, not that one. Oh, there it is. Let's see if I can play this. When
0: so, will discover the scene, is that the child has been dragged underneath the vehicle and remained conscious the whole time?
1: She'll ask, "Am I going to die?" You'll need to assure her she won't. Attention. We have a collision involving a child approximately five years old. Eastbound lands down at Monaghan,
0: requesting immediate response. Phil, so, what you'll discover at the scene is that the child has been dragged uh, underneath. You. The yeah. It's a hard story. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, okay. The reason I, I brought it up is uh, I don't know. Something about it irked me, it uh, rubbed me the wrong way. Um, I I just don't buy that firefighters are killing themselves because of the shit they see on the job like that.
0: I mean, I am with you there. I mean, it's just like obviously everybody goes to those calls that stick with you, but I I don't know. I personally haven't experienced the level of traumatic stress that clearly some people go through, and I can't really relate. You're probably, yeah, maybe, it. maybe that's it. maybe I'm just being an asshole here that that
1: can't really relate. I mean, look, I've I've been on. Tough calls. I've been. I've had to go to counseling. I've had um, post-traumatic stress from from pediatric calls for sure. Um, A never ever wanted to kill myself because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's been times in my life where I wanted to, or I thought about killing myself, but it's never been because the job. Because something haunts me from the job. Yeah, like it's always been something going on in my personal life. I can get my shit together. So what, what do you think? I just want to get your your take on what what is it because certainly there are a lot of firefighters that, that kill themselves and you know it's it's happened in our workplace uh, it's happened you know, I mean just in the past five years I can think of about five guys locally here firefighters that have have killed themselves and uh, it's absolutely horrific and and I guess my concern is that because I've heard this at their funerals too, that this job, I think we need more mental health support and this job is like wearing guys down and and uh, killing them. But what if it's not the calls that were going on that are killing us and it's something else? I mean, it's convenient to point to the gruesome shit we see and say that's the problem and we need, you know. I think
0: for sure it's your personal life has a huge factor on your mental health at work. I mean, if you're going to work, I can speak to it because I don't like. I don't have kids. I'm not in a significant relationship that would cause me any extra stress, right? It was uh, if you're dealing with those levels of stress from external factors and you're going to work tired, where yeah. you're, you're dealing with other problems, then maybe you're not preparing your m- brain mentally to deal with those calls. But then again, like I said, that's not the call that's causing that. That's a, that's something else, right? right?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, um, how can I put this? Uh, this is always a very tricky issue, right? And I'm, I'm not trying to offend anyone. I might be totally off here. My concern is if we're, if we're looking in the wrong direction, if we're putting resources in the wrong direction, it, it's almost like we're, we're inculcating firefighters with this fragile mentality that is leading to um, tragedy. And, um, and part of it is we, we've society in general and our own culture builds firefighters up to be these larger than life characters who are heroic who are who know exactly what to do in an emergency who um who you know risk life over limb and a lot of that is true but also we're just regular people and a lot of times i think uh firefighters struggle with with (laughs) the gap they see between who a firefighter is in their mind, and what society and culture expects them to be, and who they know they actually are. Right? Yeah, so well, I'm actually, a dirtbag who has like filthy thoughts and is like doing this for a paycheck and is like maybe not as upstanding and quality a guy as everyone makes me out to be. Um, in other words, I'm just a normal person, yeah, and yet I'm um, I should be this person, right?
0: And I'm falling short. I mean, as like, I'm your wish, right? Like, my first <clears throat> 2019 so i it's, it's interesting that this comes up i was thinking not too long ago that it seemed like there's so much talk about mental health and suicide that when i first started that it was almost ex- i almost expected to have ptsd right and i was like kind of fabricating it in my own mind yeah and uh <clears throat> like obviously everybody needs to talk you need to talk about your problems that like you said you've been to counseling or I've been to counseling, even though I don't think I've been to significant enough to cause that kind of trauma on my brain. I, you do need to talk about it and you keep that trauma by talking about it, but there is a point where you're talking about it just to talk about it and that you're instilling this in the minds of so many people who haven't had that excuse. And that was, right, right. Sure. The volunteer training to a specific designer, but they're coming from like their family. Members, right,
1: right, right. They're coming from their family. and they're going to yeah. whatever PF call or fire. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I've, come I've come across a couple of actions off duty just by surprise out of the blue drive and like holy shit. Yeah. And your your heart dumb. starts racing, you're like, oh fuck, okay, what well, I don't know, what, what do I do? You know? Yeah. It, it's um, uh much um, more um yeah, it's much more, I don't want to say traumatizing, but much, it elevates your anxiety a lot more than it's not you a environment. No. You, you know the steps, you have all the equipment, you've done this 100 times. Um, so definitely, definitely I can see something there. But I think something you, you hit on and was very important. I had a very similar experience with expecting to have poor mental health. In fact, if I didn't have poor mental health, there's something wrong with it. Yeah. I'm not a proper emergency worker. If I'm not, being oppressed and, and haunted by these calls, yeah, right? And, and and so now, again, you're falling short of that standard, right? And, and so you try, you work yourself up. And I, I remember going to the very traumatic calls early in my career before the advent of, of mental health supports. And, um, you know, it was my partners that helped me through it. It was like, hey, kid, that was a tough call. You know what? You have to take a couple of beats, get yourself together, but you dealt with it, and that's... Normally, like, yeah. what you did was awesome. You confronted your you thing, you got shit done, and you provided value on that call, and there was really dark humor afterwards, right? Mm. And they explained this is a way of us
0: clinically
1: detaching, right? It's like, okay, this is our job, you know, it's our job. We can look at it through an objective, detached lens, we don't have to look at it as ultra serious, and we can go home to our family and leave that behind. And it was awesome. After a few calls with these guys, who, you know, basically, you know, talked me through a few of those traumatic calls, and I thought it was awesome. I couldn't wait for more traumatic calls, right? Yeah. But then, up to a couple of years later, when critical incident stress is introduced, and after a serious call, I'm looking around at my colleagues, and it was like a funeral home. And my excitement over the call and how we dealt with it, and how we confronted everything, and, and the chaos, and fucking made things good that was the wrong attitude to bring into that meeting and i realized and and so it was after that point we started having ptsd and so i guess my point is you know i I believe in the philosophers you say it's not the external world that causes us trauma it's our own thoughts that causes trauma so it's my thoughts about the event that are causing the trauma not the events themselves are causing the trauma and the way our And and so I have to wonder if in the era where we see more mental health resources thrown at us than ever, more resources to handle calls and and traumatic calls in general are at an all time high. We also see mental health issues at an all time high. I have to wonder if that fragile mentality of of you are being oppressed by your environment, you're constantly being oppressed by your environment, you young Jared are being oppressed by your environment. Doesn't act as the actual cause of a lot of
0: mental health issues in our profession. Right? I mean, I, yeah, like, that is different for everybody too. Sure. Everybody's got their own trigger points and everything. Uh, like, I was working with a friend and we went to a call, and it was like, for me, a routine call and didn't think anything of it. And he came up to me like two, three weeks later and he's like, Hey man, I just wanted to talk to you like about that call. Like I was really worked up and you were super calm. And that just like helped me get through it. And then like I looked back and I couldn't even remember the calls. Like, right. like this call to me was just like so run out of the mail mm-hmm. that it wasn't even an issue. But we got this new guy who's so primed and ready to be traumatized right. that he was right. already traumatized. I had a call that was just
1: right, right. and then but I noticed too that. What, what helped, helped him was him you remaining calm and seeing how you controlled, controlled yourself and how you looked at the call. It wasn't um, going to go a critical to stress degree or something like that where he would re-traumatize himself with his horrible positive call. It was yeah. like, you know, and, and that's, that's what, what I worry about now, is those old veterans who would, would take you aside and say, look, that was, that was rough and make a dark joke about it and look, you handle it you handled it. It was tough. You handled it and you feel good about that. Yeah. And we're doing the same on the test call, right? Uh, these guys are all like experiencing triggering calls and yeah. instead of having someone there to enter them,
0: in fact, the way those
1: actions entered me would be grounds for hauling before HR for discipline mm-hmm. um, nowadays. And so anyways, yeah. just, just some food for thought about uh, mental, mental health and, and, that's, that's, and that's what rubbed me the wrong way about the that, that video is you're, pinging, you're, you're saying, saying that this call is the cause of suicide, right? These types of calls are the cause of suicide. No. What if it's the way you guys, guys are telling us to think about those calls that that's it's the, the cause of suicide? Yeah. What if it's the way you guys are portraying firefighters and, and setting up this mm-hmm. impossible to meet standard and, and we, we always fall short it's setting us up for suicide? suicide. Well, um, what if it's that That's psychology. If that too, too. Yeah. you yeah. go to a comedy
0: show, they it could, could say like, like I'm, I'm a believer. A lot of jokes out a comedy show aren't even that funny, but right. because you're in the environment, it's funny. Right. Like, like if, if you, you hear that out of context, context you're probably going right. to give them a laugh a lot of the time. Right? right? And it's, it's the, the same sort of scenario.
1: Yeah, the framing, yeah. Uh, that, that yeah. the environment that's helps set up you mm-hmm. own, right. So you surround everybody with all these
0: these fixes for a problem that doesn't exist yet. I mean,
1: yeah, yeah. a problem and you know and and you not only that you villainize people like those old veterans who actually help you improve your mental health when you see traumatic calls like they, like i experienced post-traumatic growth because of those guys mm-hmm. and their mindset and the way they brought up to the calls and you so you villainize that you make that almost like taboo in the fire service and then you flip around and tell everyone they're super fragile and their calls and their job are going to oppress them. Yeah. And of course, you see, anyways, listen, we've, we've been going, going for how long, um, just, just over an around. hour. I think, I think that's a good place. place Guys, to, let, let, let me know. How I do. Do. Should I keep I on the host or not? not. Don't uh, back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it went, it went fairly well. well. We got a set of comedy dates uh, in, Edmonton. So so in yeah. the Edmonton area. And uh, you want to see young Jared and I perform on an open mic and boo us, heckle us, whatever you want to do, put the pressure on, um, make fun of us. Only to Or laugh at Sir, because yes. we came, came up with good material miraculously our first time out. Uh, maybe that'll happen. Probably not. But, <laughs> um, yeah, Jared and
0: DJ. <laughs> <I'm coming laughs> to stage, yeah.
1: All right, guys, that's it. Thanks for uh, joining us. Make sure you hit subscribe. Share with your friends and hey, if you could do me a favor and um, rate the show if you're watching on, or listening on Spotify or Apple iTunes, uh, I'd appreciate that. I'm only a few seconds, but it'll help really Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.